It's uh, yeah. It it's no cooler. In it. It's still twenty five degrees in this room, mm. and has been since we. I've still ha- have to put my fan on all day with the windows mm. open. It doesn't change a thing. I have got a new um, thermostat thing, thermometer <gasps> um, thingy. They were only eight quid on uh, in, a, in a certain South American river. Um. And this one's good because it's got a little smiley face to tell me when I should feel happy. And, and do you and feel little, happy when it tells little, you you should feel happy? No, I feel quite depressed because because mm. <laughs> because it's telling me I should feel happy and I'm not, and that makes it worse. So yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's got a little frowny face when it's too hot or it's too because it's a humidifying thing on the bottom. So ah. also when it's too moist. So there you oh, go. Nobody wants it too moist. Nobody wants it too moist, unless you're talking about cake. And even then, yes. you can have a soggy bottom. So, yes, be careful. We are murdering a podcast, and we are talking today uh, about the different types. I, I don't quite know how to put this into a phrase, but it's yeah. basically the different types of scenario you can have in your shows. See you after these. Welcome to Murdering a Podcast, two writers' journey to produce a narrative murder mystery. So, um, as well as as um, bothering the cats, we're also talking about... So you've, you've detailed this a couple of times already, I think, on the podcast, but why don't you go over it again? These are the, the ways that, that you can sort of structure your series or structure your story. So, I was, I was taught that you have um, four op- four options. These are different to your classic storylines. So you can either put ordinary people in extraordinary situations, extraordinary people in ordinary situations, extraordinary people in extraordinary situations, or ordinary people in ordinary situations, and tell a story based off that. So those are your situational... So let's go over some examples of those so that the boys and girls at home... No, mm. what we're talking about. So the first one is. Uh, oh, I can't remember what order I did them in. Um, <laughs> That's why I was asking. Is it uh, ordinary people, extraordinary situations? Yeah, we'll say that it was that. If it wasn't, uh, yeah, so, ordinary people, extraordinary situations. Um, lock and key. Mm. That's a good example. Yeah. Uh, um, or the Spiderwick Chronicles, or. Yeah. Things like um, that. You've also got, uh, and I keep going on about it because I really do like the show and I'm currently watching it again, um, is The Orville, um, where you've got a bunch of very ordinary people. All of them are very ordinary in space. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I so, suppose, you know, um, Star Trek, really, the, the yeah. original series in particular kind of fits that. You know, yep. you've, got, you've got a doctor and you've got a scientist and you've got a captain, but they are the archetypical doctor and scientist and cap- captain, and, and then you just put them in space. And yeah. let the, that play out. I think that's one of the more popular sort of, th- or the most common ones that I see is, is ordinary people in ex- who are put in ordin- can, extraordinary situations. Can you tell situations. that we watch a lot of sci-fi and stuff? Because <laughs> we do talk about it a lot. Awful lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the next um, one then would be Extraordinary people in ordinary, ordinary situations. situations. Uh, so, like there was a sitcom called My Hero mm. with 
uh, Ardlo Hanlon in, although that's not a particularly international reference. So, um, um, The Incredibles was, I think that one's quite, but then they end up in the extraordinary situation. So you start them off with the ordinary with situation the ordinary and then, and then it becomes an extraordinary situation. Yes. Um, and, it, and actually that's a good example because it's, extraordinary to the situation that they would normally be in it's not necessarily mm. in an extraordinary world all the time yeah um, um i'm just trying to think of another extraordinary situation extraordinary people in ordinary situations so um oh god what's a good example i'm just trying to i'm trying i think i think <laughs> that's a good example um. Oh, 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 oh! The opposites. I think it is is called the opposites. Polar opposites. Polar opposites on Netflix. So it's aliens who are extraordinary, sort of. Okay, I haven't seen this. Very, very. I again. I don't know if that counts. Oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. Uh, it's Rick and Morty, but not quite as offensive. <laughs> okay. There's a new um, thing, uh, talking of uh, adult animation, there's a new thing called Bad Exorcist, which I haven't seen yet. But uh, So that, that's something to look out for, just in case it's any good. But um, Can you... I'm, I'm trying to I'm, to think Actually, of now I'm thinking about it, Extraordinary People in Ordinary Situations is a bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are around though, but it tends to be stuff like, oh, I tell you what, kindergarten cop. Yes. An extraordinary yeah. person. Yeah, he's got, he's, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, or jingle all the way game. is the same thing. It's, yeah. you know. I, I did, I mean, I, who is your daddy and what does he do? I just love that line. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to play a game. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Short just, circuit. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The second one more than the first, but definitely. Yeah, but the first film's way better. The first I just, one's I, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, would you like a pepper too? Wouldn't you like <laughs> to be a pepper too? Um, is my most quiet. Your mother was a snowblower. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't watch that film five million times when I was. I want to watch it again now. I love it. I film. have it on Amazon because I, there was a time when I wanted to watch it and it was cheap on Amazon, so I bought it. I need that DVD. Um, it's one of those films that's just, I grew up with it. And it's one of my favourite films, one of my top films. Uh, oh, Ordinary People in Extraordinary Goonies is another one of those Ordinary People in Extraordinary yes, Situations. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a brilliant example. Again, another cult classic. I am now free from my cat. She has now removed herself from the situation. But we've now started recording, so recording. it's too late no, to I do anything. Yeah. I know, yeah, you can't. Another 20 minutes at least. I know. Oi, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you do? You got a tail in the video. If you can see, if you're watching the yeah, video, if you're watching the video, you'll see Tash's cat crawling into the window. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's when he crawls out to the window, you've got to be careful. Um, <laughs> um, so again, ah, she, uh, She-Ra, extraordinary person. Extraordinary people. In, yeah, um, I guess mostly so. in ordinary situations, just dealing with, um, and they've, they've kind of, it is a, it, it it deals with sort of toxic family dynamics with the bad guys being a toxic family dynamic and, and the good guys being a healthy family dynamic. Yeah. Um, that that's really the very simple plot of, of the new she which is 
amazing and they do it so well um <laughs> if i haven't mentioned i am currently like very happy with that because she was a lesbian i grew up like absolutely crushing on she-ra and to find out <laughs> that she likes she likes women too <laughs> you're like thank you you made my day um we then have then uh, ordinary people in ordinary situations and before we started we go okay well what can you do with that and i said eastenders mm. but are there any others that you can think of there must be some more that do that do something Similar neighbors, to that. other than the soap Everybody operas, needs oh, I could list all the soap operas. I don't watch them, but I can list them. So here's a here's a question: police procedurals. Oh, they would be ordinary. The people. bill, for example, yeah, which was very popular when we were kids. Mm. Um, that would be because they're. I mean, they're not extraordinary. They're just normal police officers, and Do the situations that they they come up with, they're they're. Not, or Holby City, same sort of thing. But mm. I suppose those are both sort of soap opera-esque series anyway. Yep. Um, I would also then say historical dramas are often ordinary yeah, I people suppose so. I suppose in ordinary so. scenarios. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd say anything that was sort of more like a, 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 a drama, like romantic comedies, rom-coms are often ordinary people in, in weird you but see, ordinary See, I think scenarios. those are extraordinary situations. Well, yeah, and they are because... not how to model a healthy relationship. <laughs> if you are, if you no, are having that last to stalk J-Lo someone... one, once in a million, wasn't too bad. Was it once in a million? I can't remember. Oh, I haven't watched it. I just, I what the last thing that I watched that was based on rom com logic was You on Netflix, which is essentially a serial. Killer. It's, it's the, that's, that's the that's the anti rom com though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh well, no, because what they do, there's a lot of comment points because you see it from his his internalized idea. Yeah, but you see, well, that's the point, isn't it? Well, he, whereas he, the the rom com is taking something and making well, actually what would have been quite a toxic relationship a sort of more wholesome thing. However. This is the exact opposite of that, where yeah. it actually well, he, lays bare every single thing that was wrong with the way that the uh, rom -com things played out. The, yeah. I'd say the rom-com genre plays things out sometimes. Um, but he, because he turns around, there's one situation that he gets himself into and goes, well, this will be all right. It's okay in rom-coms. <laughs> and he says that a couple of times in the in the, in the the show, I think. Um, but they are, they are very weird, but I, I'd still suggest those are extraordinary situations because most people would never find themselves in, even, you know, people in proper relationships don't find themselves in rom-com situations. Yeah, that's true. Although there's a surprisingly number of, of, of people who do model their um, romantic ethics on rom-coms because they don't understand. Maybe, maybe expectations like... on them more than yeah. anything else. Um, I think that, then... that, that goes with most people when they're actually in a relationship. <laughs> Yeah. you know they, yeah okay that none, none of that is true well married but, with so. children is another sort of ordinary people in an ordinary situation you've got and it's again it's another example no of a really i don't think it was i don't think it is i think it's extraordinary people because i think that every single member of that family is dysfunctional well yes they are because yeah, that but was that the way is, that they intended to write it so, but then yeah. there are very normal fam like you know my entire family <laughs> no i can't say that can you cut that bit out um well, shameless but the UK and then ended up being a UK, uh, sorry, US remake. Mm. That was about, you know, a, a fairly ordinary family in for, but doing extraordinary things, I suppose, in, in, mm. in, 
What were ordinary situations? Oh God, what was that 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 show? I I, I watched like a couple of episodes, but it was a pretty pretty much set in one room where they all just sat around, and it was a family. The royal uh, royal family. The royal family. There you go. Um, yeah, royal With, family. That's ordinary people. In an in, ordinary situation. Yeah, that's a perfect example of a yeah. of a comedy from that. Um, I mean, they're not exactly functional. <laughs> No, but, um, but but, but they are people, you know. They're, they're normal they're, human. They're normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, very normal. Um, and then you, you've got the extraordinary people in extraordinary situations. So you've got superhero movies would be a good yes. example. Of that. Yes, virtually every superhero movie. Um, mm. However, beyond that, it's difficult to sort of. Yeah. pinpoint other things other genres that would, would kind of fit into that quite well um well there's oh god what's the one the the eddie murphy thing where he's the prince an extraordinary person oh coming to america does, yeah coming to america uh, i'd say that's an extraordinary person I, in an I, extraordinary situation you don't often run, you know, royal princes don't run. I mean, except for those ones that email you that say that they're a Nigerian prince dying of of, of whatever illness and they need you to send them £20,000, please, because they want to marry you and love you. Um, you know, other than them, you don't very often get, like, royalty randomly meeting somebody in the street and going... I want to swap places with you, or did, or, no, or try to pretend true. to be. No, they that's didn't. True, that was some, that's another film, isn't that it? It's a different oh, film. Yeah. However, coming to America <laughs> is is an extraordinary person going to a very very ordinary street in Brooklyn. Mm. Ah, okay, so extraordinary person, ordinary situation. Yeah, that's another yeah. one of those because it, because the the humour from that is played out in the misunderstandings and in the the yeah. cultural differences and stuff. Um, I've not seen the second one. It's been on Amazon for a while now, but I haven't had a chance to sort of sit I've, down and, I've and watch it. I've not seen that one yet. Um, I did like the first one, actually. I, 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 first but, one was brilliant. Did you know the first one takes place in the same universe as Trading Places? Does it? Well, it, yeah, because the at the end of Coming to America, he has some money and he gives it to two tramps. And the two tramps are the brothers who set up his character and Dan Aykroyd's character in Trading Places. Well, I didn't know. That was the one I was thinking of, wasn't it? Where, they, where the rich man changed places with the poor person. Yes, but not through choice. The, yes, not Trading choice, Places yeah. is Prince and the Pauper with a bit of a twist, Yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so... There's quite a few examples of these. I mean, guys, please in the comments put your examples of of these um, these types of situations that you that you watch and and that you notice in in things that you enjoy. So, why is this? You know, what 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 one what one do you pref- do you think is is has got the best sort of? Well, that's interesting because I I'm. I focus a lot more on the sort of comedy things. Mm. Um, I I think that actually the you know, having extraordinary people is more interesting, mm. and then putting them in 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 situations there. And in fact, a lot of comedies will look, work like that. So even something like Two Point Four Children, which is essentially a family yeah. in a sitcom. 
well, it's they're still extraordinary. Funny. Well, they're still extraordinary characters because um, that's the thing that you play off the comic exaggerations say, of their characters are the things that make them unique. I would say that they were, they are ordinary people that get put into extraordinary situations or end up in extraordinary situations. Because when we're talking about extraordinary people, when we're talking about people that you wouldn't, like, we're not talking about sort of um, sort of hyped up versions of normal people. We're talking about people with superpowers or extra strong, like, not necessarily, I don't know. Ignore me. I'm tired. <laughs> well, I've done no, very I, I, well. <laughs> so, um, two point four children's main two characters are well. The main character is Bill, mm. who is married to Ben, and the idea yeah, that Bill and Ben the flower that's, pot that's, men. That's, that's yeah, that's deliberate, obviously. Uh, mm. Written by Andrew Marshall, who used to work with David Renwick, who did series together like Whoops Apocalypse and Hot Metal, which you can get on DVD. But there you go. Um, so, hang on, what, what was I going to say? So, yeah, they're still extraordinary characters. So Ben is a plumber, but he isn't just a plumber. He is the most plumbery person you could find, <laughs> except for when he needs to be a plumber, <laughs> in which case he he will, you know, he's because he's not... Uh, again, this is a difference between British comedy and American comedy. Uh, our British sitcom characters can never be the top of the tree yes so Frasier for example is at the top of his game he is a radio host who uh, is making tons of money on radio he's a psychiatrist you know he's a, 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 a massive public profile he is doing incredibly well for himself there isn't that I can remember a British character in a sitcom that is quite like that because the the comedy of Frasier comes from pricking the pomposity that he has because he has all of those things um what's his name the guy that swears a lot I mean he's what's it called oh my god I'm doing so well today <laughs> no idea political drama Malcolm Tucker Tucker yeah Malcolm Tucker in uh thick of it yeah, and that's it. Think of it. So Malcolm Tucker's kind of at the top of his game. He is not the butt of the joke ever. Ah, no, he's he's the... Not bully. until the very last episode where he is the focus of it. Yeah, And then he yeah. is always the butt of the joke. Mm. Yeah, because he and makes other people the point, butt of the At joke. that point, his position's been diminished so much. Mm. So, again, similar sort of idea. We don't get to get people in our, in our sitcoms that are uh, that, that are really the top of the game. Blackadder, for example, in the first series of Blackadder, Edmund was a prince, mm. and yet he was the worst prince, prince ever. ever. <laughs> yeah. um, Bill from Two Point Four Children, going back to that, the mother is a, a mother, but it has no. Um, parental instincts <laughs> well is, yeah he's constantly questioning herself he's constantly yeah. you know being brought down by their own actions and things uh, and that that is it's just a way that our sitcoms tend to tend to work by having those characters that, that quite work so I think that most of I I don't think that in a sitcom you would get an ordinary person in those situations. But the, the difference is in our sitcoms, they're not ordinary because uh, that's how the sitcom works is by taking the, the, the bits that are so ordinary and exaggerating them to the point that they're not ordinary mm. anymore. Uh, so Victor I, Meldrew, for example, 
is an archetypical old man if you were to put him in something else grumpy man. but he is the grumpiest of grumpy old men that you could find <laughs> so again that makes him not an ordinary person and then when you put him into a situation the best bit about one foot in the grave are the reactions that he gives because he is not an ordinary person yeah i just remember 4291 and that i think that is the most <laughs> the, with the dog yeah yeah 4291 yeah. um that's the most sort of requote. <laughs> There are, I think there most are two, British people know what 4291 means. <laughs> yeah, there are two British sitcoms, moments in British sitcoms that are absolutely, everybody knows. <laughs> one of them is that one. The other one is yeah. Del Boy falling through the bar in Only Fools and Horses. Yes. Oh, and there, no, there's another one as well with um, uh, Rodney and Del Boy running down the road as Batman and Robin. Yeah, I... I, I wouldn't really think of that as a funny moment, but yes, no, I know what yeah. you mean. People the other one from Only Fools is the uh, chandelier thing, where they've yes. got they're standing with the chandeliers <laughs> and, the chandelier, and the other <laughs> one falls down. It's a classic moment, but it's yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. I think the comedy, to be fair, in the UK side of things, when you've got those sort of extraordinarily terrible people in these situations, is that. It, what makes it funny is that they believe that they're not that, that, that they're really good at shit. So, like Del Boy believes yeah. he is the most amazing wheeler dealer, dodgy dealer known to man. He's going this time next year, Rodney. We're going to be a millionaires, yeah. and yet they fail over. It's that exaggerated ego, the unwarranted ego, and I think that's what we find funny. Um, so again, it's the same thing with Bill and Ben. They Ben's got quite a big he potentially thinks he's a better plumber than he is um you know it, it's that exaggerated ego we like humbleness in the uk we don't like big egos so and when you funny. have a big ego, ego you have it has to be brought down oh yeah even if you're really you have a good reason that's for the it. whole that's the whole point so uh jim hacker in uh guest minister is mm. a politician and we uh, we've talked about this in the last episode you imbibe those politicians with all of the sort of pomp and circumstance of the state and of being a go in government and being that front-facing figure who has to say the right thing all the time and so in order to then confuse the situation you bring in sir humphrey who is a civil servant and will come up with an excuse for everything that the minister wants to do and frustrate every move and in doing mm -hmm. so just completely runs rings around him and that's <laughs> why it's funny yes um i can't think there's a what's it we did it on our read through our table reads because i do a table read on tuesday nights um and oh cabin fever I think it was. By John Finnamore, originally starring Roger Allen, Benedict Cumberbatch and Stephanie Cole with John Finnamore as Arthur. Um, very good it... series. If you haven't seen it, it's on. you can buy it from Audible and it is incredible. Yes. Really good. Um, do we have an affiliate link for Audible? Nope. <laughs> they won't let us have it. Why? <laughs> Don't go to Audible. Never buy anything from Audible ever again. Uh, no, Cancelling my prescriptions. <laughs> Prescription. No yeah. I'm not taking any more I drugs. don't know words anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I will put a link in the chat, in the, the thing to uh, this, because um, I, I can do... Uh, I've forgotten what I was going to say now, you know. I can, I, can, I can do an Amazon link, so it's fine. Oh, uh, you were talking about cabin pressure.
Yeah, I just I can't I can't remember what I was going to say. But it, the, the one of the things is that the one of those particular characters believes that they are better than they actually are. Um, no, no, no. All of those characters all of believe them, they're, they're, they're better, better than, than they actually, they actually are. Possibly from Arthur, who yeah. is just happy being. Yeah, it's just happy to exist, and he's there. Yes. Um, and that there's a there's a brilliant. It's like two or three scenes. It's Arthur's beast or sub story from the first episode where he's trying to figure out why planes fly. <laughs> yeah, and we did. All that of the people who is meant who are meant to know how planes fly can't actually tell him why planes fly. And at every point, he will point out the thing that they've got wrong or the thing that they don't know. And it again, it's that same thing. Somebody in charge, and you've got to bring them down. And it's got to be the stupidest person in the room who brings that person down. Yes. We like the underdog in the UK. We love the underdog in the UK. Um, I think one of the things we... But then when the, if you don't succeed as an underdog, because once you succeed, then we have to bring you down because we're a bunch of assholes. We are the baddies, by the way. If you're wondering, am I the baddie? Because I'm... Yeah, British are the baddies. <laughs> we're a bunch of knobs. <laughs> um, I do love... I am... I love being British. We are a bunch of knobs. Um... So, you know, one of so yeah, it's it's what we love to see is when you've got somebody whose ego is out, you know, outweighed by their incompetence, um, whose ego doesn't match their capability. It's you know, we don't want to see people who have big egos for good reason because they're good at stuff because then we feel inadequate in this. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, whereas so so at every point in cabin pressure, there is a point where one of the people who are meant to be smarter than Arthur gets mm. taken down by something. So for example, <laughs> um, Martin will always get taken down by something that, um, uh, Oh, I can't remember his name. Roger Allen's character. The, the Douglas says, yes, uh, Douglas is just incredibly sarcastic and really should be the pilot, but he isn't the pilot. And that really great to him. <laughs> because that's his that's his super ego being uh being pricked Just, yeah but douglas on in one episode thinks it'd be a great idea to fly over his kid's birthday party and drop a load of sweets on them oh for fuck's sake i haven't seen that episode <laughs> I can imagine but it we, say, we keep saying scene. I've said it earlier, but it's a radio show. It's a radio show. I haven't heard and it. And what happens yeah. is in in the heat of the day in a hot aircraft, all of these sweets <laughs> blend together <laughs> to form what you can only describe as a giant sweet bomb, bomb. <laughs> which is then dropped and luckily... None of the children are hurt, but they do kill a koi carp. Uh, they <laughs> kill the koi carp? Kill a koi carp, yeah. <laughs> Which are incredibly expensive. Um, yeah. And I think they destroy some windows and things. And, and, and anyway, th that again was it, it, the whole thing about Douglas is that he is a little bit anti-establishment, a little bit, uh, oh, but I can do this because I can do everything. And that moment where he's done that thing is him um his his <laughs> ego, ego being, being destroyed <laughs> uh, yeah yeah his, his ego gets too much from it he is completely destroyed and that is the same with every situation in a sitcom almost that, that in some way shape or form it has to lead back to that main character and it has to destroy the very thing that they think about themselves <laughs> It's that's I yeah, and I think that if you watch, we we kind of 
it, it's that sort of that concept of some, you know, like you say, that it's the outweighed ego um, over the, the the actual capabilities. That's that's like you say, being brought down is quite funny. I would say, um, welcome to our village. Have you ever listened to that? Because that's an mm. audio. Yeah. Have you listened to that one yet? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I had this that. when you mentioned it uh, a few months ago. I actually got it on Audible. It's it's brilliant. Very very it well is, done, Jimmy, well And done. it's it is this it is the typical British humour. If you if you are in America and you want to know, you don't understand British humour. Listen to Welcome to Our Village, and you've got it perfectly. That is everything that is British that isn't Monty Python, because ninety percent of our humour comes from Monty Python. The rest of it is from well, but, but things like that, I suppose, and in fact, things like Cabin Pressure as well, mm. also have a have a big influence. Uh, but from the Commedia dell'arte and the, the characters of Bringella yeah. and Zany and Harlequin, yes, uh, so which you know carries on even now. So uh, Blackadder again, we mentioned this before blacker is the the perfect sort of i suppose with baldrick who's the stupid oh, you've got he's the stupid one plan. yeah blackhead is that harlequin character he is um oh you've got you know the 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 top dog character in in that triumvirate in Blackadder is always Blackadder mm. um and then baldrick right at the bottom but often the person who gets away with it or brings him down isn't it every time yeah every time um and i think baldrick's the favorite character because it's i've got a cunning plan it's that one i can't do it again because he's unfortunately i have a cunning plan i can't do an impression i have a cunning cunning plan um but yeah it is that sort of it's it's exactly the same so you've got you've got blackadder and in, in, in Welcome to Our Village, it's it's the alien. Um, so you've essentially, it is aliens have come down to the to Earth and they have sectioned off a village and they are trying to determine whether to invade Earth. And it is a very, it's very much like Zombies versus, a, uh, sorry, Zombies versus Cockneys, where it is very, very British in our response to aliens being taken over. And the one thing that the entire village is worried about is the local pub and it's this this whole story about the story is pretty much about the aliens trying to curry our favor and the they're more interested in the pub and the aliens one one episode in particular where they rebuild the pub and the the one the one character who is the militant anti-alien force in the village is uh very much saying no you've got to go back to the old pub and nobody listens to her and they just go to the other pub um it's but when they go in there's like it's like do you like the pub they're like eh and it's like why (laughs) why don't you like it it's not the same is it (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah, like it but everything's exactly, exactly yeah point, yeah um but it's again you've got this 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 alien commander who thinks he's this beat the bee's knees and he's toppled by just basic british stupidity. <laughs> just yeah. stupidity like the characters are all just really dumb and like no common sense and he's toppled he overestimated the intelligence of the human race <laughs> 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 they do a cricket match on one of them, which is even better. They do, um, I, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's they, 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 they overestimate our intelligence, and they are actually brought down by our stupidity. Which is that is just it's it's just that I think is the 
the beauty of British comedy for me is is that um, we've we've gone a very off topic, but I think this is more interesting. <laughs> Completely. Completely. <laughs> I think this is more interesting. However, no, well, I I think yeah, there is there is the you know we have talked about the uh, the different types of situations that can be found in so the different types of characters and the situations in which they're in 10%. and the fact that we've got uh 10% is useful and the fact that we've got uh, the commedia dell'arte influences in the harlequin and, and zany and uh, you know that was cuz cuz in the uk you know that was quite a big big genre that was quite quite popular and quite influential in a lot of our stuff yes it? i mean it has it has done through most of european comedy has, has been mm. the influence to a, a lot of different things but um specifically i think in in the uk it fits in so well i mean tony hancock is uh, hancock's half hour was the first sitcom yeah and tony hancock is harlequin essentially and then if you sort of fast forward yourself, that was in the 50s, so fast forward yourself 30, 40 years, Richie and Eddie, well, um, Eddie and Bottom, is Tony Hancock. Mm. And Richie is um, Sid James's character in Hancock's Out There. Yeah. And so you're playing these same archetypes again and again and again. Patsy and, and Adina, exactly the same. Um, would you say that that's extraordinary characters in yeah. ordinary situations in ordinary situations yeah. yeah um i'd say red dwarf is a say you've got ordinary well again it's are they extraordinary characters in, in an extraordinary situation or ordinary I characters think it, i think it sometimes changes i think it depends on the situation that they want to put themselves in because you've got some episodes like um uh, back to reality or something like that where they are clearly ordinary characters who've put themselves into a different a difficult awkward e extreme situation mm. um and then you've got other ones where it's you know a lot of the thing is just an, an ordinary character in an ordinary situation and yet they're in space yes and it's that that's, that's the thing that kind of changes it um i'm sort of trying to think of the episode uh it's the one where they bury rimmer's memories Oh, yeah, I know which one it is. I can't remember the name, but I know the episode. But there's um, some lovely moments in that, and it's just a very human episode. Yes. Um, and the, the space setting doesn't mean anything. It's just, just what yeah, it is. Yeah, I've noticed that with a lot of it. it. It is just, it's three people trapped in a thing. Yeah. And it, the, the fact that they're in space is 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 very inconsequential through most of it. Um, I think that well, there, just adds to a, the isolation, doesn't it? I can't remember who was talking about it, actually. But they, were, they were saying that the reason that Red Dwarf worked, it might actually have been on a DVD extra of Red Dwarf at some point, the reason that Red Dwarf works mm -hmm. and that so many other science fiction sitcoms don't, and in fact, I think this is the reason that Discworld works and Hitchhikers yeah. works as well, is that it treats the... Um, the, the 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 space setting or the fantasy setting or whatever it is as normal. Yes. So something that didn't quite work out. I think it went into two or three series. Hyperdrive. Yeah, I didn't really watch that. Wasn't no because it made its jokes based on the um, the the the. the uniqueness of space travel or you know let's come up with a funny name for a thing because that will be funny and that will be the joke mm. whereas actually the better way to do it is to have those be inconsequential to the actual character 
uh, bits of the thing. It's interesting that you brought up the the hitchhikers because you've got the main character, Arthur Dent, is a very very ordinary man, very very ordinary. In yeah, surrounded by extraordinary people in an incredibly extraordinary situation. And it but just because works. he is such an ordinary person for, for us, he then becomes extraordinary in the context of the actual piece. Mm. Because he's I'd... different from everybody else around. There's a lovely moment in Hitchhikers where he saves the heart of gold by pressing a button. And everyone goes, oh, I think you've saved And he goes, oh, it was nothing really. And they go, oh, wasn't it? Oh, okay then. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I remember there's one set, one part that, uh, where he's de- he's trying to get a cup of tea. It was a very British moment, and he couldn't get a good cup of tea on the, on the Heart of Gold. Yes, I just remember yeah. that that stuck out. And Voon said the mattress just because you know. Um, I think that was something that some um, that Murray used to say regularly. It was it was his favourite quote, um, and I hadn't read it at that point, which is why right. I ended up reading it was because right. I wanted to know where Voon said the mattress. Um, came from but it, it's again that's an ex- it's because this is quite a mobile sort of situation isn't it so you can start off with an ordinary character and because of the situation itself would be completely so extraordinary then the character to the other characters the situation is normal and then the normal ordinary character becomes the extraordinary character in that situation yeah. does that make yeah any sense cool um, but we're talking about sort of the big ego and being brought down by stupidity. I think we're just going back to Red Dwarf. We were talking, uh, Rimmer is the absolutely the, that character. He is incredibly egotistical. He has zero skills or like likable elements about him. He is the character that you want to, you like to hate because he's just he's got this massive ego he thinks he's better and he continually fails the um what's it the 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 engineering uh, exams en- is it 11 times yes. engineering yeah but 11 it, times okay he fails it 11 times i think it's the engineering exam um isn't it anyway it's the officer's exam that he's yeah ah, that's it yeah yeah it? and he's, he's I writing i am a fish yeah he keeps writing i am a fish and then fainting um but yeah he's you know, he, tr- he goes to extreme lengths, like trying to cheat and, and, and all sorts. And he's regularly brought down by Lister and the cat, who are both idiots. And, yeah. <laughs> and Crichton, who is an android, um, you know, yeah. who learns how to, uh, who tr- in one episode tries to learn how to lie, which is freaking hilarious. I, I mean, that that's, again, one of those, those great, things that happen in in british sitcom in fact in in other sitcoms as well uh is that you have possibly the most intelligent person in the room yes you know Crichton, the robot who is programmed to know virtually everything but you know it's obsessed with cleaning um and, and holly who, who is who actually, an iq of six thousand. he's the the ship's computer yes who actually don't know anything and they are the stupidest characters in the show and yeah. you know it, that's it's uh, it's a great way to uh, to again, uh, you know, prick that pomposity of a of a, of a character, um, mm. 
and and it's the juxtaposition between the two is the thing that, that causes all the humor to happen in the first place with those characters. Yeah, um, and then you've got the, then you've got you see, sitcoms like um, I mean, we talk about sitcom sitcoms again. We really should do this more often. Um, yeah. <laughs> like the New Statesman, where uh, you, you've got Alan Bastard, mm. who at the beginning of every uh, oh, I've just figured out the name now. <laughs> oh, have you? At the beginning of <laughs> every second. episode is trying to con, cheat or steal his way to success, fame and fortune and is brought down somehow by something that happens. In, not always. Sometimes mm. he gets away with it. But on the whole is brought down by something that, that is uh, beyond his control. And it's that bringing down is the thing that's glorious to watch. <laughs> Again, you've got, uh, t- I haven't really watched it in detail, I watched a couple of episodes, um, Toast of London, uh, where you've got this very egotistical actor um, played by Matt Berry. He is an in- he's so good at comedy acting. Um, and he is bought, <laughs> bought, you know, there's a couple of the episodes I've watched is one of them he got bought down by Clem Fandango um, just because, like, with, with one, he was doing a voiceover thing when all he had to do was say, yes, and it's this whole scene where he's just going, yes, say it again, yes, in a different way, yes, and he's, he's just, that's the all of the lines, and he's bought down by this invisible man, Clem Fandango, but he's got mm. this big ego. So he's... He, he he plays on IT crowd is the same thing you know he's he plays the the leader of uh, all the things of Reynold industry after mm. um, his father died there's the scene his dad dies and he comes in and he's like father if you've watched it I'm not completely insane that actually did happen in this thing <laughs> um, completely I, insane. I am completely insane but um so the so yeah he's he is this very egotistical, very misogynistic, very hated person. He's got a vile personality. And he's brought down by these, again, these characters. And again, and I think this is where we're talking, thinking, you know, again, ordinary people, extraordinary people in a very ordinary situation, which is work. Um, so you've got this extraordinary awful manager and then downstairs you've got this basement you've got jen who is just an idiot she hasn't got a freaking clue what she's doing but she's managing the it department then you've got moss who's highly intelligent has no social skills whatsoever and then you've got um i can't remember the other guy's name um oh my god oh dear god no but it's chris o'dowd yeah chris o'dowd um um brilliant actor he he plays again just a very unlikable character and they're always quite often they've got quite big egos but they're always brought down either by their own ego or somebody who's less intelligent than them um you know and it that i think is i just remember the 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 um the episode where um, they set they did the moss and his mate have a have set a fire to the the building and have a period they get on their I, IT period. crowd is a, an interesting one because you've got the the main three characters Roy is the other character ah Roy yes Roy Roy, Roy moss and and, and Jen. now I've Jen. Jen, that's right. No, I, I don't know why. Catherine Parkinson, I know her name, but yeah. <laughs> character name. She's gone. Brilliant. Um, She's anyway, so you've, you've got those three characters who were in um, 
different situations depending on how you structure the story. So in one of them, Jen is the stupidest person in the room because she doesn't know anything about computers. Yeah. Roy is the guy who just kind of gets away with it, kind of knows what he's doing, but doesn't really do anything. And mm. Moss is at the top of the tree in that instance, being the hyper-intelligent, knows absolutely everything about computers guys. Yes. Um, and then a woman. So that's in. where you get onto the, like, the, <laughs> the um, countdown episodes. Which can put put Moss right at the top of that that group, but then you have the other end of the spectrum where, in terms of of um, the uh, socially, socially yeah. Moss is right down at the bottom of the, of the. He can't do that at all, and Roy isn't much better. He's just better enough to be better than Moss. Yes, and then, and then Jen, right at the top, would, could goes to parties and and have and expects to have a normal life, but she's wound up these with these two hanging on. Yeah, it, it it it's. I do love the IT crowd um, so much. It's one of my favourite comedies. Black Books is the same thing. You've got very extraordinary characters in very ordinary situations, but then straight very you, you extraordinary should, things happen. You should try, and we're going to have to wrap up. Uh, you should try Count Arthur Strong. Ooh, it's on. It used to be on Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. Count um, Arthur Strong. But with that, we really do need to uh, be be going along. Um, yeah. What was okay. the take? Big takeaways for today? For today, it's that you can have people in different situations, and those things create tension and drama and and comedy, as we've been talking about. Uh, and uh, yeah, go, go ahead and, and do that, and let us know uh, what you think in, in the comments below. Yeah. If you want any more information about this, then you can yes. find it all over at murderingapodcast.com, where you can also find information about our Patreon, uh, which uh, means... Give us your money. Help us Give us all of your money. Things. All of it. Yeah, all of it. All, all of, of your money. You don't need it. Yeah, we, we do. do. Yeah. We do. Um, <laughs> so Pat, Pat said something earlier when we were talking about banks, uh, and 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 she said, uh, um, and I think it was meant to be a slip of the tongue, but it was very apt. Uh, and it says that uh, they want you to give you all of their money, <laughs> yeah. and it's the same with us. Really, yeah, we want you to give you all of us all of our money. No, all of us money. Yes, <laughs> I am doing. We want so you to well give us you all of us money. Yes, yeah. we. I'm With a that. wordsmith, me. A linguist, isn't it? A wordsmith. <laughs> I'm a linguist, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh my god! Oh, what was that thing I was watching? That was a great gag. It's oh, it was it was not going out. Lee Max series not going out. Yeah. Uh, it was saying that there was a, a job advert, and, and he said job ad with adverts uh, were getting too trendy. Uh, and the, the 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 advert was something like, you can get a job in it. And the other character read it out and said, no, you can get a job in IT. <laughs> That's another series which is really worth watching. Yeah. I think um, we need to do an, fast humor. an entire episode dedicated to talking about British sitcoms because... I just think that they're amazing. But maybe um, not next time. Next time I've, I've got an idea about something that we ooh. could watch and talk about and I think it would be a lot of fun. But until then, thanks very much for coming along and we'll see you next time on the podcast. <gasps> Bye, everybody! Bye-bye! That was Murdering a Podcast. And if you'd like to find out more information about the podcast, the Mystery Lounge, or anything mentioned in the show, please head over to murderingapodcast.com. The music was The Secret of Tiki Island by Kevin MacLeod, 
and the producer was Steve Meller. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>